Welcome to the Courage Queen Podcast. I'm your host, Justine Wenzel, entrepreneur, glam girl, and karaoke enthusiast. For over 10 years, I've been teaching women how to become more courageous by pressing into fear so they can step into their purpose. Whether it's me at the microphone solo or I'm sharing the stage with incredible guests, I'm committed to bringing you the best while sharing the truth that will set us all free. Time to wake up and stop giving fear all the power. I'm bringing tangible tips for more peace and authenticity while simultaneously giving you an ab workout as we weave in comedic flair. So buckle up because it's time to live your best life. Hey, Courage Queens and Kings. We are back, episode six, diving into some comparison. It doesn't seem hard to be totally overwhelmed by comparison these days. It feels like everywhere we turn, there's one more person doing it better. There's one more person that looks better than us, that's making more money than us, that has more than we have, that has all the skills, everything seems to happen for them. Doesn't it kind of seem like there's no way of escaping it, right? So I'm sure you've heard, we won't be distracted by comparison if we're captivated with purpose. Or maybe the biggest self-abuse is comparing to others. There's so many different things that people can say when it comes to comparison, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that thinks that those are all great things to say. They all mean well. They sound great. But do they really actually help? In my experience, I have personally struggled with comparison so much in my career, in my life, and all of these things, while they may be meaning well and coming from well-meaning people, they don't exactly tell me or give me tangible tips on how not to compare or how not to let comparison completely take over. So how are we measuring our worth? See, we've been conditioned to base our self-worth on how others see us, not necessarily how we see ourselves. I kind of use this example like whether you were compared to your siblings, your peers, your coworkers, we're kind of conditioned to being compared to other people. You know, growing up, like who was the most gifted in sports? Who was the most artistic person? Who was more creative? Who had the better grades and was more intelligent in the classroom? You know, a lot of times I feel like parents compare their children, but it's really more about parents making themselves feel good. But you know what? We do the same thing. We compare ourselves to our peers. Who's doing better in their career? Who has a better physique? And we always come up feeling worse, it just seems. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everybody else's highlight reel. I mean, you've heard it all the time. But we all have these certain triggers that cause our confidence to take this sudden nosedive. Reality is what is lost on social media. We emphasize the best versions of ourselves instead of really a lot of times the real versions. It's like when we show our clean kitchen, but then you could pan over and show the complete mess behind you. The clutter that seems to take up all the spaces of our houses. But maybe it looks great on the inside, but you go to open up a drawer or you go to open up a door and everything comes crashing down and it's this complete mess all over the place. So I want to tell you a story. The peacock and the crow. I don't know if you've heard this story personally, but I just think it creates a perfect example of what we go through day by day, how we compare ourselves, and what are we going to do about it. A crow lived in a forest and was absolutely satisfied in life. But one day, he saw a swan. This swan is so white, he thought. I am so black. This swan must be the happiest bird in the world. 
As he was expressing his thoughts to the swan, the swan replied, Actually, I was feeling that I was the happiest bird around until I saw a parrot, which had two colors. I now think the parrot is the happiest bird in creation. The crow then approached the parrot. The parrot explained, I lived a very happy life until I saw a peacock. I have only two colors, but the peacock has multiple colors. The crow then visited a peacock in the zoo and saw that hundreds of people had gathered to see him. After the people had left, the crow approached the peacock. Dear peacock, the crow said, you are so beautiful. Every day, thousands of people come to see you. When people see me, they immediately shoo me away. I think you're the happiest bird on the planet. The peacock replied, I always thought that I was the most beautiful and happy bird on the planet. But because of my beauty, I am entrapped in this zoo. I have examined the zoo very carefully, and I have realized that the crow is the only bird not kept in a cage. So for the past few days, I have been thinking that if I were a crow, I could happily roam everywhere. See, that's the problem. We make unnecessary comparison with others, and we become sad about it. We don't value what God has given us. This all leads to this vicious cycle of unhappiness. So how do we learn to be happy in what we have instead of always looking at this obsession of what we don't have? There will always be somebody that will have more than you and less than you. People who are satisfied with what they have, those are truly the happiest people in the world. They feel that gratefulness that is just deposited in them every day. I believe personally that that comes from having a relationship with God I have the ability to, on a daily basis, reset and let him be the person that fills me with truth. And that might be different for you, but I think whatever it is, there's a way to make sure that you're not basing your happiness and your worth off of other people. So for years, I disliked my own personality. Like, let's be honest. I'm loud. I talk a lot. I talk fast. I've got a lot to say. I'm really excited and passionate, and I kind of jump from one topic to the next. Sometimes I cut people off, like, and I say that I can't help it, and maybe it's ADHD, maybe it's just a short attention span, excitement, whatever it is, but I tend to just want to immediately jump in with people. And for so many years, I disliked my own voice. I would try to almost sound more meek, sound more proper, professional, I tried to have a more humble walk. Like, but really though, could you imagine me trying to do what I'm doing and be meek and quiet and not courageous, right? I always had this insecurity that I was just too much and I had to bring it down a little bit. I had to relax because I was overwhelming to other people. I used to let those people, without them even knowing, rob me the joy of being my own person and being unique and being who I feel like God created me to be. But going from hating my voice, now I get why God gave me my voice. So you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. God has something for you to do that only you can do. We innately just have this belief that whatever we do, it's just never going to be enough. And we might not think that this is an issue or a problem that we have. But I will tell you, when I talk to people, whether it's me coaching my consultants, talking to friends reading social media, I see that so many people have this belief, not because they say it out loud, they speak it or they write it, but it's by their actions and how they live their life and what they're putting out into the world. 
you know, something great happens and you feel so excited and you're so proud, but then suddenly you jump online and it just kind of seems like happiness is like this moving target. You know, we get in this analysis paralysis, like it's time to make a decision. We look towards our person, our people of influence, instead of really looking within. And here's the thing is our culture avoids talking about this. We know that we live in a society where social media is primed to amp up these triggered feelings. And I just want to ask you, does your sense of inadequacy flare, especially when you compare yourself to friends, colleagues, people from your past, many of whom linger in your awareness because of social media? Like you don't even talk to these people on a regular basis, but you find yourself comparing every aspect of your life to everything that they have or do or your perspective of what they have based on what they post. One of the things that made me realize this so strongly this year was going to a therapist. I truly feel like a therapist is the catalyst. Like they give you the commitment and the comfort to change and they help you to kind of see this pure version of yourself that's like above all the noise. So I was actually really interested in this topic, and so I did some personal research on it. And one of the things that I found was when they asked 115 women what things affect them most when comparing themselves to others, 59% of people said that people who make life look easy are particularly damaging. 44% saying that seeing other people's holidays and experiences triggered them. Whoa. So it's no wonder that whether it is wanting to have your dream home, wanting to welcome that child into your family, hitting your fitness goal, getting that business to a successful place. You know, we have little wins here and there, and we may be so happy in the moment, but then next thing you know, you look online and Katie's having a win that seems bigger than yours. Or Chandra has a 12-pack. <laughs> and you can't even get a six-pack. Or Marie is expecting a child. And that's all that you've wanted for years. It's hard not to compare and feel down about that. It's hard not to let that internalize and trigger parts of you that are unhealed. We may think that this is just a social media thing, but this has been going on throughout human history. Back in 1954, psychologist Leon Festinger hypothesized that we make comparisons as a way of evaluating ourselves. At its root, the impulse is connected to instant judgments we make of other people. A key element of the brain's social cognition network that can be traced back to the evolutionary need to protect oneself and assess threats. Okay, now this makes sense. We know that comparison is one of the basic ways that we kind of develop an understanding of who we are. It kind of tells us what we're good at, what we're not good at. You may know personally that you struggle with comparison and it just hits you different. Like it's harder for you to just walk away and not let it get to you. But here are some tips and I mean actual tangible tips of things I've worked on, things I am working on that I truly feel like could make a big difference. So the tendency to check social media in our downtime is something that I think is a culprit for why these numbers have spiked so much over the recent years. You know, we're more likely to be self-reflective when we have this downtime. And it seems like we've had a lot of it, right? We seem to place our value and our worth in the number of followers and likes. We get so obsessive that we track them going up and down. And I know this for a fact because I've done it 
And it's been a huge issue for me with everything that's been going on in this pandemic because it's more downtime. But ultimately, how we use social media and how much time we spend on it is going to have the greatest bearing on how it makes us feel. When we use our social media passively viewing the post, our happiness decreases. It just does. You know, we compare ourselves to others, we get lost in their idealized lives, and we forget to enjoy our own lives. And I think that that's the most important thing that we're really not talking about. So a couple questions for you before we get into these tips. Do you seek to feel good about yourself through social rewards, or do you rely on more stable ways of recognizing who you are? I think that that's a hard question, but I think that it's necessary. Take a piece of paper and write these down. Really, truly get honest with yourself. Look in the mirror and say, am I just looking at the numbers? Because a stable sense of self comes from thinking about who you are absent any feedback. Next question would be, what are your values and preferences in the absence of anyone knowing about them? One of the things that I've been doing when I go to post something on social media, I just sit there and ask myself, does anyone care about this? That's it. And you know what has been happening when I ask myself that question in the moment? Most of the time I realize that no, nobody really cares. The other thing I realize and I'll ask myself is, does it matter? Why does it matter? If I'm not putting something valuable out into the world that is bringing joy to someone else, that is educational and teaching someone something, that is motivational, positive, because we have so much negative, and I truly feel like what is aligned with my core is putting comical, educational things that distract us from what the media is putting out there. So I ask myself those questions. Does it matter? Why does it matter? And if I don't have a good reason, I do not post. I don't care about the algorithm. I don't care if I'm going to lose followers and not be consistent because I'm learning to be happy internally and not based on external validation. Last question is, can you be proud of the person you are who isn't publicly posted? Do you feel like you're trying to be someone else? Do you feel like you're saying, what do my followers want to see? What do they want from me? While those things are important while creating a brand, if you're not staying true to who you are, what makes you happy, what you've been called to do in your personal mission and passion, then who cares? Who literally freaking cares? So I'm just going to rip off the Band-Aid and just say, stop doing it just because you feel like you should. Does it matter? Now let's get into our tips. Okay, so tip number one, be more vulnerable in general. So this is something I found personally. When I've taken time to be more vulnerable myself, what I have found is that not only do people value it, it has brought me into deeper relationships with people that are strangers on social media or people that I already am close with and it continues to deepen my relationship with them, even if it's virtual. These people will end up appreciating the fact that you have the courage to be truly who you are and to show them a bit of your soul and your pain and your story. And it gives them the courage to do the same. And honestly, when I see that somebody's real or authentic or has struggle and I just have this perception of them being perfect, I literally feel like I can take a huge breath of air that I'm holding in and I just go, (sighs) because those people are real. They're being authentic. I think people crave that more than ever. So study the pains and hear the stories of other people behind the scenes. Have those real conversations. Be the person that steps out to initiate those conversations. The walls will come down. 
We can recognize and be more intentional and stop comparing because we realize that we have real relationships and that so much of what we're seeing is not real. It's literally not real. Tip two, define what success and happiness mean to you. Now, this has to go for a bunch of different categories, physically, spiritually, financially, mentally, and emotionally. If you are not completely secure in what success and happiness are for you in these areas, what is happiness physically? Is it me working out daily, three days a week? Maybe it's more about how you actually feel and not about your physical body. What is that happiness to you? Spiritually, who do you follow? Who do you put your trust in? Financially, what does your bank account look like? How much do you give? How much do you serve? What does that relationship look like and how does it fulfill you? You know, mentally, taking care of yourself and emotionally, same thing. If we're not completely crystal clear in these areas of what it means for us, and I mean you, like I am pointing to you right now, we will adopt others' definitions via influence. And that's what we're doing right now. And I see it across the board. I see people do it all the time. You know, we put ourselves in these frames of thinking Like, I should have reached this milestone by this age. And I'm going through that right now. And if I were honest and vulnerable, which I believe myself to be, I would say that I thought I was going to be a lot farther ahead in my career than I am at this very moment. When I pull a goal poster from 2018 that shows a goal that I've been working on for eight years and have not completed, it literally crushes me. It doesn't make me feel good like, wow, I'm still working on it. It's great. I made a lot of choices and there was a lot of growth that needed to happen and that is still happening that I need to submit to. And I can't put a time frame on that. I can have great goals all day long, but I can't base that while looking to the right or to the left on who's gotten there before me and how it's unfair and how I feel like I work harder than them or whatever. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your worth is not in your title. It never was. Make the choices that are meaningful and powerful to you. Mic drop. (laughs) Tip three. Focus on your unique strengths. The problem with comparison is that we compare their strengths to our weaknesses. I know that this is not new and you've heard this before, but if you know and are confident in what you're good at, what happens is you finally start to value other people's strengths. So one of the things that has helped me a lot is I took the Strengths Finders assessment. And after I got my results back, I truly felt empowered. I focused in on what it came back with as my strengths And I did some research and I figured out how I could grow each of these areas. I got really excited because I didn't care about all of the strengths that I didn't have that were on there. There's like 20 or 30 of them. And the percentages of everybody having the same like five to six strengths is almost impossible. And here's the thing. A lot of times you don't even realize you're using a skill. Like you've got the skill in your tool belt, you're using it and you actually forget that it's there. You forget you have it. So like eh, lens crafters called, your prescription is ready. We have to like redirect your focus and focus on the things that really matter. When you direct your attention toward the real world and your life and how you can contribute and show up for it, you have less time and energy to direct towards meaningless activities such as social comparisons. Like focus on the high energy work at the gym, finishing a book you've been putting off, immerse yourself in activities that leave you feeling good for having engaged in them. Another thing alongside this tip of focusing in on your unique strengths, I think one of the best things that I've started to delve into more is looking at collaboration over competition. 
And I say this because this is kind of an art of figuring out how your unique strengths work and complement the strengths of someone else. So collaborate with other people, like reach out to people and take the first step. If somebody is doing something better than you, figure out why they're doing it better. Look for opportunities to grow. Like, okay, how could I grow? Could I take a course? Could I take a class? Could I use similar hashtags since we're in a similar industry and demographic that I want to attract? You know, maybe they are finally being true to themselves and they're not looking around to the left or the right and that's why they're seeing a lot of success. Maybe they did something that you're unwilling to do. True story. Just remember that what you see is never the full story. Tip four, assess the negative comparisons And this is a very quick activity because we don't want to get pulled into this longer than needed. But you're going to assess negative comparisons and find out where they're stemming from. As unpleasant as these comparisons can feel, they can serve a positive purpose in that they kind of like inform you in an area of your life that maybe could benefit some improvement. Maybe it served as a reminder that you want to be secure enough in who you are and where you are in life that you don't feel the need to measure up in comparison to anyone else. It's a great reminder when we find ourselves comparing that it's an inner job, that we need to work on developing a stronger sense of confidence and self-worth. How do we do that? Well, we put a higher value on our relationships and investing our time in the relationships that matter. You value and respect your own time more. You practice putting your needs first and learning to accept that it's okay to do that. You do more of what you love. You know, it sounds simple, but you go on more walks with the dog. You delve into your book more and you actually put it down in your calendar. And kind of going back to what I was saying about having idle time and that's when we're scrolling. Again, that's when you want to have some of these things that you're going to work on and do or read or whatever so that you won't be mindlessly scrolling. Like I know for me, if my husband's watching TV and I'm not interested in the topic, I will be on the phone scrolling. So what I've tried to do recently is come up with actual projects. If I don't want to watch TV with him, the other day I went and cleaned a cabinet and I was just like, let me clean one thing. Let me organize one thing because I felt like It was not only uncluttering my mind, but it was shifting my focus to something else that needed my attention, something that kept me busy in the moment. And I didn't have time to scroll. So next time you make an unfair comparison, instead of allowing it to take root, view it as an opportunity to do some self-evaluating. Ultimately, these social comparisons are not indicative of what others have that you don't, but rather what you already have that you're not quite aware of. And tip five, serve, serve serve. When you do this, you feel self-worth at the core. Because we spend so much time comparing to other people, we're not focusing on our own life. So when we're intentional about making someone else's day, it keeps us moving in the right direction that actually matters. Rather than taking laps around the anxiety pool, me, and stacking up my lack against this distorted view that I get from social media and pretty much everywhere else, I want to encourage you to be your own person and be secure in your confidence and self-worth, not needing the approval, the expectation, or the influence of other people. It's such a difficult thing right now, and I know it because I'm living it. Have the courage to come face-to-face with it yourself. Be honest, be willing to do the hard work, and practice some of these tips. Like, I want to know what works for you. Like I said, this is something I personally have always struggled with. I'm an entrepreneur, the field that I'm in, I know myself and I know what things are healthy for me and what things trigger me. And again, I have to look within to figure out where my worth is and what actually brings me my happiness. I'll talk to you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, would you send it to a friend who could be encouraged? Or share it on social and tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing the sweet sauce. For more episodes, check out and subscribe to Courage Queen Podcast, where we share fresh perspectives and stories from people who have the guts to be vulnerable and grow through what they go through. You can also join the conversation on Instagram at Courage Queen Pod. As always, thanks for being here. Courage starts with showing up.